Fire for your love is all I feel. 
fear He is a liar Good evening, 412 Ministry. We are glad you are here with us again tonight or watching on a recording video. I, whichever, we're glad that you're here with us. Um, I personally am very thankful to be here. Uh, there was a time this morning that I wasn't sure I would be able to make it. Um, had a little incident. Basically, I went to bed last night, um, but before I did, I forgot to put the toilet seat down. Big mistake, big mistake. So this morning, I wake up to hear my beloved in a splash. I didn't think a lot about it, but then after, after that, there was some noise. And I don't know how to describe it to, than other to say it, it sounded like perhaps Satan had broken into my house and went to use the restroom or something. I don't know. It scared me, all right? And, and I, I wasn't sure I was going to survive. It was touch and go for a while, but I did survive. I'll, I'll share this with you. It was probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes that I wasn't sure that we would even get my wife dislodged from the toilet. But we did. She is here tonight. She is well. She, let, she spared my life, thank the Lord. So I'm very thankful for that. I'm getting in trouble as we speak. But, but it got me to thinking. I, I, as a youth leader, am responsible with, with giving wise counsel to the youth. You know, you know that's, that's part of my role and responsibility. So I would like to take a moment here and share some wise counsel with, with really specifically to the young men in the group, okay? So listen to me, you young men. If one day, and that's a big if, you get married, big if, because I know you guys and I, you know, let's just, let's just pretend that you get married. If you do, I would just say early in that marriage, do this. Maybe the first month or two, really. Get it out of the way. You want to test that marriage. So what you do is you take your wife out on a nice dinner date. You take her out. Make sure she drinks lots and lots of water. Then you be the last one to go to the bathroom at night, and you leave that seat up. I know that sounds, well, that doesn't make sense. It does because what that's going to do is let you know how your marriage is going to work. Because one of three things, one of three things will happen. The first thing that could happen is your wife would just say, don't worry about it, it's no big deal. That option has never happened in the history of mankind. Okay, That option never happened since... Sin came into this world in the Garden of Eden, okay? In fact, I'm quite surprised that, that that scenario of leaving the toilet seat up is not what led to the first sin. But it's not. It was eating apple or whatever, fruit. I'm just surprised. I, obviously, there were no toilet seats on the outhouses in the Garden of Eden, so, so that had to be the reason. But what could have happened? Option one, the wife says, that's ah, okay, no big deal. That's not going to happen. Zero percent of the time that happens. Option number two is that your wife will forgive you after a couple of days and when you come out of that coma that she puts you in. Option number two. Now that one, now that one happens probably 90, 90 percent of the time. Option number three, well, that's the other 10 percent, and that's where your wife, she buries you out back, and then she just tells everybody you went to Zimbabwe or something. 
Now that one's a 10% chance. But look, doing that marriage test, what I call your marriage test, that will let you know if your marriage will survive or if you'll survive. So you young men out there, I, do this. It's a chance, it's a risk that I'm willing to take. You do this, okay? Trust me, it works. I'm here, I'm, I survived. I'm part of that 90%. I didn't even go into a coma. Not again, I did last time. So anyway, I just wanted to share that words of wisdom. So let's, let's wipe the slate clean. I just want to say I'm thankful to be here tonight and let you know that um, we've still got some of those challenges out there that I've mentioned over the last couple of weeks. I've challenged the, the ballers. I've challenged the talent. The talent but, but the last big challenge that we've got is our chicken dance talent. Ch- chicken dance challenge. And that's for everybody. I don't care if you're homeschooled, public school. Well, you're all homeschooled now, I guess. I don't care what you are. If you are a baller or the talent, just your average everyday moron, none of you are. None of you are. None of you. Well, two of you. You know who you are. You know who you are. But send us your video of your chicken dance. It can be just you. It can be your family with you. You got to be in it. We want to get that from you. And, and I want to give a shout out to Kaylee. Kaylee was our first person to, to submit. So shout outs, big kudos to Miss Kaylee. Did great. I love the video. Um, I don't know that we'll get to show all the videos before we get back into our room. We may not have time to do that, but, if, but it's possible. We may show it online, or if not, we'll make sure to show it when we get back into our regular format in the youth room, okay? But to encourage you all, what we thought we would do was have a drawing for everyone that submitted a video, okay? So next Wednesday, we're going to have a drawing. You have to have your video in here by next Tuesday to Amanda, by next Tuesday. And then we'll have a raffle for a $10 gift card for Chick-fil-A. Why Chick-fil-A? Obviously, Chick-fil-A's chicken does a chicken dance in your mouth, okay? It is wonderful. It is God's chicken. We know it. So we're going to give you a $10 gift card if you submit your video. Cool? We expect to get them, and if we don't, you're in trouble. All right, so let me get that out of the way and then share with you something that's been on my mind. And I've been thinking about people... And, and culture today, and then the and different groups in this culture, okay? And so as a youth group, you guys, and being a youth leader, you guys come to my mind. And, but then I got to thinking, well, you know, I've seen all this stuff that's getting posted these days with celebs, celebrities and stuff, and I got to thinking, what's, what's the difference between celebrities and teenagers? You know, there's some similar things that you guys have, some differences, I get it. So what we've got tonight is a little test for you, and I want you to go along with me. And if parents, you're watching, hey, pull out your pen and paper too, and maybe this will get some dialogue started with your teenager, perhaps some fights, I don't know. But I'd like you to look at these next questions with me and decide, is this something that your teenager would say, maybe a celebrity would say, maybe it's not yours, maybe it's some other teenager, maybe it's just that mentality, but go along with me. And do you decide at home who do you think this more reflects, a celebrity or a teenager? So, for example, question one. I don't clean up after myself. Someone else should do it for me. Is that more like your teenager or your celebrity? I don't know, but I work with your kids, so I, I kind of know that answer. I don't work with many celebrities except for Corey. Number two, if someone disagrees with me, I throw a tantrum and pout. I know none of your kids pout. Do others, do other teenagers pout? What would you say, teenager or celebrity? How about three? If I yell and scream, 
people will listen. All I got to do is yell and scream. Does your teenager yell and scream, or do they expecting people to listen, or do you think that's more of a celebrity thing? People want and deserve my opinion because I have so much real-life experience. Hmm. You guys have real-life experience. I get it. What about this? My opinion is always right no matter what conventional wisdom says. I think the Bible says that wisdom comes from God, but some people, celebrities or teenagers, may say my opinion is always right no matter what conventional wisdom says. You decide, is that more teenager or celebrity? How about, how about this one? I've got someone at home that cooks for me. Does your teenager cook or do, you, do they expect you to cook? What about those celebrities? I don't know. Maybe there's some similarity there. That, if I'm being honest, that's probably me too. Just throwing it out there. Why oh, are so people so mean to me? I'm, I'm so nice to them, even to the jerks. You think, think that's more of a celebrity mentality? Why are people mean when they talk bad about me, even though I'm yelling at, yelling at them? Or is that a celebrity thing? How about, why should I have to do what everyone else has to do? Why should I have to do that? Just because they do. Do you think there's a special, I'm special. Is that more of a celebrity or, or a teenager? How about this? Do you really expect me to do what you said? Who do you think you are? I think, I think some of that probably goes to some of both. And this hits home. This hits home to me and to you, you parents. I need more money. I need more money, whether it's making movies or whether it's to go buy my own food. Well, that's the question. That's the questions I have for you tonight. So I, want, I just hope that gives you some thinking because I personally saw some similarities between what we see getting spewed out by celebrities and our teenagers, and frankly, me sometimes. But it, but it needs to get us thinking, if a celebrity would do it, I probably shouldn't. That's, it's, you know, WWJD, maybe we, maybe we don't go with that WWJD. We just say, what would a, what would a, what would a celebrity do? And then we don't, we don't do that because Jesus has already told us what to do, right? Anyway, I just want to put that little food, a little food for thought out there. And next, we've got a video. What, we want to show you one of Thad's podcasts where he spoke about our 412 ministry and the importance of it and, and what you guys mean to us as a, as a body of believers, this church. And uh, just take a look at the video Thad put out. Good afternoon, GCC family. It is Friday afternoon. What a beautiful day it is outside. I want to begin this afternoon by um, saying together, you can participate with me in this. Uh, saying together, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. There is a lot to rejoice about if you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I trust that you do. You may not recognize where I'm sitting this afternoon, but I am in the youth room at GCC. Um, I wanted to just say a couple of things. Um, to the youth leaders and to the youth today. But I trust all of you will hang with me because I think you're going to benefit from this as well. I want to thank the Lord for the youth leaders that we have here at Grace. I'm thankful for Chris and Amanda Laughlin. I'm thankful for Corey and Megan Cooper. They lead our youth on Wednesday nights. And I'm just so thankful for all that they do 
Um, I'm thankful for the helpers that the Lord has brought alongside of the leaders to help them, to assist them in the ministry on Wednesday nights. I'm thankful for Emily Roberts and for Luke Bonner and for uh, Savannah Laughlin. All of them have unique ways that they contribute to the ministry. And I also want to thank the Lord for um, the youth leaders we have on Sunday morning who teach our young people. Um, Malcolm Cooper is faithful each and every week to open God's word and to teach these youth. And he has his wife who's beside him to encourage him in that. And I'm just so thankful for, for what they do in the ministry. Um, there's no way I can thank the Lord enough for these guys. So that's where I wanted to begin. But then secondly, I wanted to remind the youth this afternoon of the verse that the ministry is kind of built around. It, the youth ministry here at Grace is called the 412 ministry. And it's based on uh, a passage of scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and it's verse 12. And Paul's writing to his young protege, and he is giving him some things to think through, some pretty potent things. Um, listen to the words of Paul as he shares with this young man who is serving the Lord. He reminds him of the importance of being an example. And Young people, before I read this, I want to remind you that if you know the Lord, you have a great opportunity to be an example to those around you, to your family, to your friends, and to be an example uh, at grace. Um, if you know the Lord, God has given you his spirit, so you don't have to try to do these things in your own power, but you have the helper, the Holy Spirit, who, who can accomplish great and wonderful things through your life as you submit and as you surrender to him. But listen to these words that Paul writes to Timothy. He says, let no one look down on your youthfulness. There's a tendency for that to happen. But rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, Paul says, show yourself an example of those who believe. Young people, I, I trust that you know the Lord Jesus Christ. I trust that you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that he's your savior, and that you're living for him as, as the Lord of your life. Um, and you can't do that in your own strength. Um, if you try to, in your own strength, be an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity, you're going to get an F. But if you can surrender daily and say, you know, Lord, I want your spirit to control me today. I'm submitting and yielding to your spirit today because I want to be a good example to those that you bring into my life. Um, then you can accomplish great things for the Lord and just being a witness for him. And so I just wanted to remind you guys about the verse that this ministry is kind of centered on. And I wanted to encourage you this afternoon that you have the helper, the Holy Spirit, that can help you in these things to bring honor and glory to the Lord. And so I, I trust that not only for the youth, but for all of us, that we'll take the words of Paul and we'll think on these things, we'll meditate on these things, knowing that the Lord has given to us a roadmap in Scripture of how we can bring honor 
and glory to him. I trust you have a great weekend. I look forward to seeing all of you on Sunday morning. All right. Well, we want to thank Thad for taking the time out of his day to give us, to share that message with us. And um, I, may, I may joke about you guys being, you're all celebrities in my book, uh, no matter how you act. But, but the, the point is we, we need to be mindful of how we act around others. And I uh, hope, hope you remember that. And we, we just appreciate you being part of the group. So with that, we're going to turn to some scripture tonight and get started in our worship and our lessons. So tonight's, tonight's scripture, we're going to read out of Isaiah 43. We're going to read verses 1 through 13. Isaiah 43, 1 through 13. And it says, But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by, my name, by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia, Saba, uh, in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored, and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men to you and people for your life. Fear not. For I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Bring the blind people who have eyes and the deaf who have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together. And let the people be assembled who among them... Who among them can declare this and show us formal thing, former things? Let them bring out their witnesses that they may be justified. Or let them hear and say, it is truth. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you, may, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, Am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I have declared and saved, I have proclaimed, and there, and there was no foreign God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God. Indeed, before the day was, I am He. And there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I work, and who will reverse it? So let's pray. Lord, we do just recognize you as, as Lord and as Savior, as creator of the universe. And we thank you for loving us, loving us enough that you would send your son to die on the cross for the sins that we make and that we committed against you and you alone. Father, we just thank you for, for what you do um, in taking care of us, for watching over us. And no matter good times or bad, we can just take comfort in knowing that you're on our side. Lord, we just give tonight to you. We pray that it would be honoring, uplifting, and glorifying to you, and that all that we do is magnifying to you and, and praising your name. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Um, I hope y'all are having a good week so far, and I hope y'all have just come with a heart ready to worship. So if y'all will, just join us in these songs as we worship the Lord.
Father everlasting, the all-creating one, God Almighty. Through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. Our judge and our defender suffered and crucified forgiveness is in you descended into darkness you rose in glorious light forever seated high i believe in god our father i believe in christ the son I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in you. I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. Lord, we come to you and we just thank you so much for the tonight. Thank you so much for the opportunity just to um, worship together and to glorify your name, God. I pray for Corey as he um, comes up to deliver your message, Lord. I pray that you just speak through him. Um, thank you so much for the time that he's taken to prepare this lesson, God, and I just pray that it would touch each and every one of our hearts. In your name I pray, amen. Well, well, well. We are going to dive a little bit deeper into James. We're going to get all 
whole three verses knocked out tonight. So that is on the agenda, on the docket. All right, so again, James 1, verses 9 through 12, that's where we're going to be. Um, and, you know, quite honestly, I, I told y'all a couple of weeks ago that I knew that <clears throat> um, with the original agenda that I had kind of put out there a couple of months ago, um, leaders and I kind of put together the teaching schedule um, to finish the attributes of God and then be able to go through the entire book of James um, by the time we finished the year. And, of course, there were several weeks that things happened and we weren't able to meet and put us behind. And so um, I told you all we may not be in the book of James. We were going to do that one study and um, say all that to say, not that you should necessarily have a favorite book of the Bible. I mean, they're all pretty good. I mean, they're all God's Word, but James is one of my favorite books, and so it is hard for me to be pulled away from this book. So um, we're just going to continue in it, and we'll get as far as we get into it, and uh, we'll let the Holy Spirit do what He does, and that's use His Word to minister. So um, before we really dive in, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get going. Heavenly Father, Lord, I... um. I come to you as a sinful, sinful person. And looking through this text over the last week um, has been awesome. Father, being reminded of who I am apart from you and who I am because of you. Lord, you're amazing. And Father, it, it, it blows me away of how you've orchestrated this plan throughout eternity to save people like me. Father, I'm thankful for my salvation. I'm thankful that you reached down into my life and saved me. Lord, and I'm thankful that that has nothing to do with me and everything to do with you. Father, I'm thankful that your word is centered around your son, Lord, and, and, and it's not centered around men like me. Lord, though men like me are in Scripture, we are not the focus of Scripture. You are. Father, I pray that over the next 20, 30 minutes that you would be the focus of 412 ministry and that um, as the students are watching this live or maybe um, they're going to pull up the recording and watch it. Father, I pray that, that you would captivate their minds. Father, that you would um, open their eyes to your truth. Lord, that you would pierce, you would convict, you would grow. Lord, like you've done in my life. Lord, I'm thankful for who you are and I'm thankful for who you're not. Father, it's in your holy, holy, holy name that I pray. Amen. All right. So James 1, verses 9 through 12, let's kind of pick up and we'll read this and then we'll get on. So uh, starting in verse 9, let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass. Its flowers fall and its beautiful appearance perishes. 
so the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. All right, so we're going to go verse by verse. Uh, I'm sure by now you all know that's kind of what I like to do. Go verse by verse, take it one step at a time, and get as far into it as we can. So the lowly brother here um, should rejoice that he is made high. I mean, that's what it says, right? Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. The exaltation is being made high. And so the question, kind of one of the first questions off the bat should be, how can this be? I mean, how can this low brother, like, rejoice? I mean, that's what this, this word means, glory. How can he rejoice that he's being made high? Okay? Because... What I want us to kind of think of is here in 2020 in America, um, we don't really have this kind of system here um, as, as we're seeing this like social class structure. Okay, we have socioeconomic structures. I mean, you've got the, the low class, middle class, the upper class. Um, you have people who are really, really rich and then people who are rich and then people who are well off and then people who aren't well off. And that's that we have in America. But we don't really have this um, social class that you're born into and you stay there because that's what you were born into. Um, I mean, if you do a study um, on millionaires, the vast majority of millionaires are first-time millionaires. I mean, they aren't people who inherited a million dollars. They're people who started with nothing and went and earned a million dollars. So we're not used to this kind of setup. But the setup that James is pinning the book of James in is this setup here, and it's where you have kind of the slave class, the commoners, the merchants and artisans. You have the scribes, the priests, and then ultimately you have the king. And so what James is saying here is these lowly brothers can glory in their exaltation. These slaves can rejoice in that they're going to be made kings. And this makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, think, think of... You being a slave, and your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your great-great-grandparents, your great-great-great-grandparents, and so forth, have all been slaves. And you're reading this letter saying that you can rejoice because you're a king. Okay? It, it, it really doesn't make any sense. All right, the lowly brother is only lowly here on earth, Right? In the spiritual realm, this person is a child and therefore an heir to the Most High King. And that right there would have blown people away. Because, it, it's it, again, if you're this slave, how can you be this king? Well, I'm glad y'all asked. Romans. Let's turn to the book of Romans real quick. Romans 8. We're going to look at verses 16 and 17. Romans 8, verses 16 and 17. Before we read it, um, just to remind y'all, if y'all have questions or comments, send Amanda text, like blow her phone up. She really likes everybody texting her, like especially all at once. So y'all do that. So Romans 8, verses 16 and 17. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So it very clearly says that if we're children of God, then we're heirs. 
Okay, so that is how James can make this ridiculously awesome statement that the lowly brother can rejoice in his exaltation. All right, so the question becomes, for this rejoicing to happen, what is the focus of the lowly brother? What is the focus of the lowly brother? And I'll let you have, we'll go 10 seconds to text Amanda. What is the focus of the lowly brother? 10 seconds. Why I looked at my watch, I can only go by minutes. (laughs) Let me know if we have anybody by chance. We do? Oh, okay. She, She pulled a fast one on me. Okay. Get him in, Amanda can stop me. All right, focus is on eternal things, and this is key. This is how the lowly brother can rejoice in his exaltation, because though the lowly brother sees himself as a slave or a commoner or even a merchant, what he understands is that in the big picture, the eternal picture, he's not this lowly brother. He is a king. He's an heir of the throne of God. Okay? Verse 10. But the rich in his humiliation, because as the flower of the field, he will pass away. All right? So the rich brother can rejoice in times of being lowered. How? I mean, we talked about how the lowly brother can rejoice in his, in, in his exaltation, his being made high. But how can this rich brother, how can this king rejoice in being brought down to slave status? I mean, how does that even, how does that compute? I'd like us to look at the focus. What is the focus here? What's the focus? Okay, I'm just kidding. What's the focus? The focus is on eternal things. This allows for rejoicing even when that seems odd. So even as a lowly brother is looking at himself in the mirror, because, you know, that's what they had back in AD 44. They all had mirrors, and so in their powder rooms, right? (laughs) So they had these mirrors. They're looking at themselves, and they're going, wow, I'm a lowly brother. I'm a slave. Uh, I can rejoice in that. And you had the king looking in the mirror going, wow, I'm going to be humiliated. I can rejoice in that. The reason why we can rejoice is because of the eternal picture here, because of what Christ has done. Whether rich or poor, high or low, in social ranking, this life ends in death. And our hope is not and cannot be in this world. It must be on Christ. And if it's on Christ, whether you're low, you're high, you're rich, you're poor, whatever your circumstance may be, you can rejoice because the ultimate end here is Christ. And so this can give us this this ability to rejoice in these awful circumstances, or maybe even these great circumstances that we're in, no matter what it is that's going on in our life or going on around us, we can rejoice because of Christ. All right, James 1.11. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flowers fall, and its beautiful appearance perishes, so the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. So the question becomes, where is your focus? Where is your focus? Is it earthly or is it eternal? Is it earthly or is it eternal? Is your focus here 
so just saturated with what's going on here? Or is your focus just so tuned in on what's to come? I mean, we see it here. The rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Poor and rich are both equally rich when focused on eternal things. Their life belongs to the Lord. Right? Because, again, it doesn't make a difference. I mean, that's what James is saying. It doesn't make a difference if it's a lowly brother or, or a high brother. The fact is, is that both are brothers. They're, they both belong to the Lord, and because of that, they can rejoice. All right? An earthly focus combined with a life that belongs to Satan is going to fade away. That's what we see here. Its flowers will fall, its beautiful appearance perishes, so the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits because in this context, the rich man is so focused on earth. He's so focused on what he can get here. And so he's not a part of God. He's not a part of his family, and therefore there is no real rejoicing that can happen. All right, James 1.12. James 1.12 Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. All right, so we're going to go through some terms here, a couple, couple word studies. Uh, to endure here is to remain under, it's to suffer a load, okay? So, blessed is the man who suffers a load, who remains under, okay? Temptation here is putting to the test. Now, there's kind of two things that can happen. It's, it's when God is the agent here, the temptation is for the purpose of proving someone. It's not to fail. Okay, so when God is allowing temptation in your life, the purpose is to prove who you are, and that's his. It's not to set you up for failure. But on the flip side, when Satan is tempting us, then the purpose of that temptation is not to prove to who we belong. It's for us to sin. It's to set us up for failure. It's to sin. So we want to make sure that we make that clear on this temptation, right? Blessed is the man who endures temptation, who suffers a load, who's being put to a test. The man that suffers a load for the purpose of proving your faith is happy. That's what this, this blessed word means is happy. Happy is the man who suffers a load for the purpose of proving his faith. He's happy. All right? He shall receive to receive what is given. Now, I really, I really like that because he will receive the crown of life. And, and when we see this word receive, it's he shall receive. It's to receive what is given. It means this is a gift. Right, I want to make that abundantly clear here. This is not something that we can like work for. It's not something that we can go out and earn or achieve. This is given to us. Okay, so we're just merely receiving what is given. It's, you know, if Luke hands me a gift and all I do is, like, literally let him drop it in my hand, I mean, that's kind of the, the picture here. It's not that I'm going to Luke and I'm beating him up and taking what is his for mine. Because, I mean, that could happen. I could beat Luke up. He hasn't done CrossFit in like a month now. So, you know, they close that, that place down. I could, I could take him. But um, it's to receive what is given, right? That's what's going on here. And promised, this word promised, it's to announce that one is about to do or to furnish something, okay? So the Lord furnished the crown, which is life, example, salvation, right? That's, that's what's going on here. He is furnishing, he is giving the crown. He is providing it. This is not something that we 
are just going up and getting or we're earning or we're taking. This is something the Lord is providing. All right? In love, agapeo. All right? This is used of love to a master. And I thought this was just awesome. It was so fitting. Um, It's faithful disciples, followers, love the Lord. Okay? I want you to ask yourself a question. I I can't answer this for you. I can only answer it for myself. Do you love the Lord? Do you love him? We have this relationship with him where he has bought us. He's, he's our master. And I rejoice in that. Man, I love the Lord for that. I want to do what he wants me to do. And that's not because I'm, I'm good or I'm obedient. It, it's because of what the Lord has done in me. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the Lord. And so my question to you becomes, do you love him? It's a great question to ask yourself concerning salvation. If you're saved, one who is saved loves the Lord. Ask yourself that question. All right, so a quick summary here. Whether rich or poor, a believer can and should rejoice. Whether rich or poor, a believer can and should rejoice. We can rejoice in salvation. We can rejoice in salvation. We, unlike the world and its pursuits, we won't fade away. We, unlike the world and its pursuits, won't fade away. All right, the Lord supplies salvation to us. The Lord supplies salvation to us. And we are blessed, happy, even in temptation. We have that ability to be blessed, to be happy, even in temptation. So I've got a little... um, Visual aid may help you see things. I really want to get this point across to us. really want to make sure we understand what's happening. So take this rope. I probably should have stretched it all out beforehand. But, you know, I don't think ahead, so it is what it is. So got this rope, right? It's kind of hard to see, so hopefully they can zoom in without seeing me because that would be awesome. So imagine this rope goes on forever, right? It has no end. has no end whatsoever. And over here, we have the beginning. And I want us to pretend that this rope here, can y'all see me over here, by, by the way? This rope is the beginning of your life, okay? So you start here, and you go on for eternity, right? You'll either spend eternity in heaven or in hell. That's the gospel truth. Uh, hopefully, I'll see you in heaven. That's my, that's my hope. Um, but this is your life, Okay, And what James is really communicating here is that so many of us focus on this little yellow part that's our life. I mean, we're so focused on this, and we forget all of this. I mean, we've lost focus on all of this. This just goes by the wayside, and we're so focused on this. And I just want to make a statement. How stupid. I mean, that is just stupid. And I'm with you. I mean, I, this is, like, I, I get so hung up on the yellow part of my life that I forget, I lose focus of all that is after it. The important stuff. The stuff that won't burn up. The stuff, the stuff that is here. Like James, I want to encourage you. Care less about this and care more about this. 
care more about all of that over there. That's the stuff that's going to stay. And yet, this is what we tend to focus on. And so my hope is that we can really focus on the eternal stuff and let the earthly stuff die. Because it will. It's going to burn up. It's not going to last. And it really doesn't do anything for God's kingdom. All right, so let's focus on the eternal stuff. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I must admit I feel like a complete and total hypocrite. Father, for so, so, so many years of my life, I have been so focused on that yellow. And even now I'm focused on the yellow. But there is so much blue. There is an eternity of blue that I should be concerned with, I should have my focus on, and yet I find my daily thoughts concerning the yellow, my life now, what my day is going to be like tomorrow, that if I make certain financial decisions now that I can set myself up for success in 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Lord, your word's clear. Even James says it. Life is like a vapor. Here one day and it's gone the next. Lord, I pray that my focus would be more on the blue, more on eternal things or things that matter. And that can't that, that won't happen apart from you. I need you to to just do that. Lord, force that focus into my life. Would your Holy Spirit to convict me. Lord, I, I pray that for the teens that we are hopefully ministering to, Lord, that, that their focus would be on the blue, the, the eternal, or the things that matter. Lord, the, that focusing on your future isn't bad, Lord, but there's so much better. We could focus on you, your word, your spirit, your son. Lord, I pray that we as a 412 ministry would do that. Or that we would be known by those around us and among us as a student body that is so focused on you and who you are that the things of this world would fade away. Lord, that we would miss the, as James put it, the withering grass and the flowers falling Lord, that we would miss that because we're so focused on you. Lord, I pray that the, um, the next song, Lord, that it would be true worship, that we would worship you for who you are, and that is this just amazing, glorious being, Lord, this holy God, that our hearts would be right before you, Father, and that you would find honor and glory in what we're doing tonight. It's your name I pray, and with all my heart I love you. Amen.
just thank you so much for tonight. Um, thank you so much for what Corey was saying. God, I pray that that would be on our hearts, um, not just for tonight, but for the rest of the week, Lord, and that we would just um, realize that all of our hope is in Jesus Christ, not in this world. Um, God, I pray that we would just focus more on you and focus more on our eternal life with you than we would on this world. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay. Few announcements before we get we adjourn for the night. Um, I don't have that clicker on. So, um, so the first announcement is is just to remind you about the chicken dance. I uh, mentioned it earlier, uh, but we we've got the ten dollar gift card. As I mentioned, you need to text the video to Amanda or Megan, um, and, and I'll just share with you. We we had a special guest, part of the Awana team. Uh, come in, they wanted to participate and get in this action on the drawing for the $10 gift card. So Cubby Bear came in and brought a friend, Gladys the Gorilla, and they did this video for us. So we want to show you this as an example of what you may show to us. So let's roll that video. That was impressive. Now look, guys, Cubby Bear is one in a million. That Cubby Bear is, is very special. I was pretty sure Gladys the Gorilla was either, I don't know if it was Seth or Aiden, but they've got moves that are unlike any other that I've ever wanted to see. That was special. So get your video in. Uh, let, we'd lo love to see it, and we're going to show it to the, to the rest of the group at some point. Number two, ladies' Bible study. As a reminder, Friday, April 24th at 7 p.m. So join Amanda and Megan and, and the group. Uh, if you don't have that information, reach out to them. Studying the book of Philippians. So Friday, 7 o'clock. And then lastly is the summer retreat. Just a reminder, we've got to know, let Amanda or Megan know, by April 29th. Okay? We need to know if you're going or you're not going. So we know what, what kind of numbers we got. There's the cost and the, uh, the dates. So we hope you can join us. Please let us know. So thanks for being with us tonight. We hope you had a good time. We hope you got uh, really uh, absorbed the message. And we hope you have a great week. Look, look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks, guys.